actual recording is higher quality. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, so this is my show, Nerds for Words. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Navara. Hi, Navara. Hello. Hello. Navara is also a writer. And today we're going to do some writer's banter. And that is just going to be us talking about crap like writing. Um, and all the joys and all the pains that come with it. So we'll be doing that. We're winging it. We're winging it. We've got this. We got this. So, yeah. Um, I do have some questions for you. All right. Awesome. I, Hopefully I have I good was thinking of Yeah. I was thinking of questions to have for this very special episode. Um, my God. I just, I just totally screwed up my, I just spent like more time editing my third episode of recording uh, the reading I was doing than I did wait I already said that I spent more time editing than recording recording I can do words (laughs) I wanted wanted to do that uh, read aloud thing too like I would love to be able to do like my own audible like my own audiobooks kind of thing you have such a good voice for it too though oh thank you that's very sweet like your voice is so calming like i would totally fall asleep to your voice like if you read me a bedtime story i would fall asleep oh <laughs> <laughs> so so are you comfortable talking about some of the things you're working on sure sure i actually managed to compile a list the other day because me and another friend were discussing writing and I said I have like a million works in progress and so does she so we were just kind of comparing notes and I got all my titles compiled uh, by universe so I have a list in front of me so <laughs> <laughs> that was great you came prepared um so what what genre do you like typically like cling to or like is there a genre that you typically write well most of my co-writing anymore and has been pretty much this whole year um has been with a co-writer um so she and i do kind of a couple genres most of it i guess would fall under dark erotic fantasy um and some of it's just more pure romance but still usually dark and a couple things cross into like sci-fi uh we do have two that are pure sci-fi we even have one that's post-apocalyptic kind of cyberpunk stuff so we jump around a bit but definitely uh, stay mostly in the fantasy realm with a lot of romance i see yeah i, I really liked what i heard um when you read when we were reading that one night oh cool the whispers of forbidden love yeah that one i like very much um we're hoping maybe in the next couple months to actually get that finished up so we can check in. We might do some self-publishing. I'm not sure yet on that score. So do you have a publisher already or 
like already planned out? Like, are you, or you, so, so you're self-publishing everything or? Well, I'm not sure. I was in a group recently on Discord for like critiquing each other's um, query letters and um, synopsis and all that kind of thing. And it was kind of nerve wracking. Like it was good to learn how to do those things because I really didn't know. But the whole prospect of traditional publishing honestly is like terrifying to me. So like self hybrid is seeming more um, appealing lately. So I don't know, I'm kind of looking into options because we have to do some fundraising if I was going to self-publish or even if I do hybrid depending on the publisher. And um, I do fortunately from my Discord groups know some like editors, cover artists, things like that. So I think self-publishing is doable for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I want to... I I think for my debut, I'm going to self-publish. But I think somewhere down the line, I don't know. I, I might change my mind. But then I feel like I'm cheating on my editor. <laughs> well, like, I think it depends. Like, I have a couple different universes. So I think, like, for example, the... Um, my alternate Earth universe has a few books, and most of them are romances that I've written with my co-writer, and we uh, will probably self-publish those, but my main universe, my Minutialist universe, I would kind of like to be traditionally published, but like, I'm not, I don't know, I think I'll try, and if I'm just getting rejections, I'm going to be like, eh, I'll look into other options. So, do you already know about the process of traditional publishing or like because I'm clueless I'm much more familiar with it than I was but it just it sounds like from what everybody's saying that it's kind of crappy like the way that they run it right now because everyone's trying to clamor for an agent it's hard to get in on any of the anything even approaching a big publisher there's a ton of indie publishers out there which can be good uh, but you gotta make sure you know if you get a contract or anything you gotta always read all the print on there and be very careful maybe have a lawyer go over it like all that kind of thing you know before you sign away your book um, right. but i mean the normal pros and cons apply like traditional they have a lot more control over your book like they typically kind of are buying it out from you so you don't get to have final say on the cover art you don't get final say on the title you might not even get final say on the editing of the book um it depends on how much of your rights traditional gets here they don't do all that much marketing these days which is kind of weird so you still have to market yourself a good bit if you want to be successful that is really weird whenever i think of like i don't know traditional publishing versus indie publishing or or like um self-publishing rather i think of like I don't, and I don't know why, but I, I don't like this woman, um, and I don't care if she's listening to this podcast, which she probably never will in her life, but I, I hate JK Rowling as a person, um, like I dislike her yeah. for her views on things, um, but I love Harry Potter, like I, you can't take the love of Harry Potter from me. Oh, yeah, um, I totally get that one, because she's just, she's an awful person. Yeah, 
she's an awful person she be, but she created an amazing thing and those two things can be true at the same time i know plenty of people <clears throat> excuse me who like boycotted harry potter burned all their harry potter merch burned their books burned, and i'm just like how could you do that how could you burn a book see like like my, yeah i know right like my my whole thing is i feel like I don't know. Like it's it's a complicated issue because like on one hand I feel like you gotta separate the author from the work because you know it's not necessarily like not everyone is a great person unfortunately. Not everyone has the same views as you. Not everyone has even like good decent views that they should have. And um, she unfortunately falls into that category. And uh, it's like on one hand you don't want to support them, but on the other hand. You know, she's already made, like, a ton of money, and she's going to keep making money, whether you support her or not. So, I don't know. Like, I still have a love for Harry Potter. I love fan fiction of Harry Potter, especially. And, um... Oh, yeah. I, like... You know, nothing's going to change that. But I've been very leery, like, say, of the Fantastic Beasts series, because I'm like, I don't want to support her anymore. Yeah. Honestly, though... Fantastic Beasts isn't that great compared to Harry Potter. I feel like it was a real stretch. Like, I just didn't, I couldn't get into it as much. Um, but yeah, she's still making money. She's still making money off of Pottermore and uh, all the things. All the merch is still out there. Everywhere you go, there's new merch. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't know. It's I just kind of like, you know, at, at the same time, there's just plenty of like, not just single people, but corporations who have done a lot of horrible things and terrible business practices. Like, you know, you could arguably say Disney is one of those. And yet, you know, I really love my oh, Marvel yeah. movies. And like, I don't know, like me saying like, hey, I'm not going to watch anymore. Uh, Avengers movies like that's Disney is not going to care I mean I think that like if we all were just like boycotting everything and we all just sat here and we're like well I'm not gonna watch TV read books or buy anything from this company because if you think about it Disney owns like so much well that's what um, I mean too it's very hard to avoid <clears throat> them they own so many companies yeah and it's just like well what are you gonna do like live under like are you gonna go live with patrick star because he lives under a rock <laughs> i know right so, but like, i think some of that is just completely unavoidable like you can definitely talk about and outvoice that you know this person isn't good and everything but at the same time i don't feel like like i don't know there's nothing there like i know like my one friend wanted basically feels like J.K. Rowling already made her money. She should stop being in public media and should stop making stuff. But she's a creator. She's going to create. And it's up to you whether you want to support her or not. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not all like, well, creators shouldn't create because they're a horrible person. Like, you know, you don't want to go down that slope. So, like, it's very hard. Yeah, definitely. I agree. But back to... <laughs> writing 
I guess. I mean, it didn't really veer too far off the topic. Um, what's your least favorite part about writing? I think, um, well, see, I don't know. I like drafting very much. It's probably like one of my favorite things. And then I actually do enjoy editing. But I think for me, the most difficult thing is being consistent with actually like finishing a book. Like a lot of times with my writing style, I kind of tend to jump around from like key scene to key scene with a lot, a lot of the middle done. So like going back and filling in that middle and fleshing out everything, I find that the most challenging. I had a very frustrating um, yet very helpful alpha reader um, for my last, for Benavir Sapphire, um, who went through and nitpicked the crap out of my book and literally every comment, every other comment was just like past tense. You did, did you change tenses, you change tenses, you change tenses. And I'm like, oh shit, like I didn't notice any of that while I was writing it. Cause I'm just, when I'm writing, I'm just writing. I just go, I don't stop. I don't look back until it's done. And unless I need to like refer back to something for the writing, you know, but she like nitpicked the shit out of that. Like I still have to go back and finish the rest of the edits that she made. She's done with it. But, um, I, it was really annoying at first. And then I was like, you know what? I'm glad that she did this because then I started to see stuff that even she missed that I was like, Oh, that I didn't, I changed tenses here and no one caught it. And now I caught it. So, but I don't like editing. Um, (laughs) I don't have any book finished completely to the point where, like, I haven't even gotten to a beta reader stage. I have two fully drafted books, but, um, and then I have, like, um, one, two, wait, one, uh, count, Amy, count. Go, 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 um... One, two, I think it's just two. Okay. I think I scrapped a few things where I just was like, this isn't going to work. Um, but my two whips are one prequel from Code Violet. So it's Decoding Violet. That's a whip right now. And that one I, I have a hard time with because it's like personal kind of. Um, and then my other one is the one I just started because I can't not have a new whip. I think I have a bad habit of finishing a rough draft. And instead of going to edits, I just start a new whip. <laughs> I understand that one. I can't seem to stick to one at all. I have like uh, over 40. Yeah. And then like I call myself a whip skipper because nice. I just skip and, skip and hop around the whip. So. Yeah, that's what we've been doing lately because I've been trying to not be like burnt out. So we've just been chasing whatever me and my co writer feel like doing. 
so we haven't like been disciplined and buckled down and be like okay let's get this finished but we're gonna we're planning to do that like finish up something for nano or whatever yeah i i really need to finish i want the ben of your sapphire to be my debut i changed it from code violet because i finished code violet first i finished that within i think two or three months i think it was two months i finished that book and then it was just a rough draft and there was so many i was just so overwhelmed with the editing process um that I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this um, because that book really was a learning experience for me as a writer, and I think that really impacted my unwillingness. Well, to- yeah, it's like you gotta kind of like I know I found like when I had the Speaker Rises beta read, um, I got a lot of feedback, and everybody was nice. But they gave a lot of like constructive criticism and um, a lot of positives overall, which was good. But it was still hard to deal with. But like everything is definitely a learning experience. I'm very thankful for the feedback. And um, I didn't agree with all of it. And I don't have to follow all of it just because somebody else said so, you know. And um, I think my method of editing seems to work decently. Um, so I kind of have a good little system for myself. And uh, so far, it's been pretty positive overall. Um, I'm hoping to get, I'm switching which whip I want to debut actually, because I keep trying to talk myself into finishing up uh, my corrections to the speaker arises and getting another set of eyes on them. And then I'm like, but I really want to work on the Sona's Eye, <laughs> which is like <laughs> the first major book I ever wrote. And I started it like, a embarrassingly long time ago and um, I would like to get that done I think yeah I think I keep switching well I don't think I made my mind up, up like 100% yet but I think I, I chose Benavir as my debut ultimately because I think that if I go back to Code Violet and go to back to the editing process, because I had an alpha reader during the entire time that I was um, during the entire time that I was uh, writing it, and she was like on it, like white on rice, like from the beginning. She actually helped me and she help inspire me and you know you know this person um she's the person who brought me to two groups two writers groups um ros roslyn i'll just say oh okay yeah so i know her in uh, like irl yeah yeah i thought you two did yeah so um she, when I met her, she was like, oh, I'm writing a book. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. I'm a writer. I just have 10,000 books that I started and got to like chapter two and stopped um, throughout my life. And she was just like, oh, well, I'm part of this writer's group. And I was like, well, that's cool. And then the rest is history. But she, um, 
help me like form ideas, like help. I would get stuck on a word, be like, what's a good word for this? And she'd be like, oh, I don't know, devilish. And I'd be like, yes, that's Violet. Um, but like, yeah, I changed, I totally went off on a tangent there, but my point was I changed my, what I wanted my debut to be because when I finished Benavir, I was so excited about it. I'm still excited about it. Um, like so much so that I don't mind editing it and it's easier to edit because of what I learned while writing and editing code violet. Oh yeah, you'll definitely, the more you write, the more you learn, you're going to find that your style is going to change and mature a little bit. Like as a writer, as you progress and learn new tricks and learn, like one thing I started doing because of my co-writer was indenting the paragraphs. And like, I don't know why I was so stubborn about that before. <laughs> you know, like I was looking at a document tonight um, from my brother actually, and he didn't indent anything. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, this just looks like a wall of text. And I was like, it suddenly clicked. I'm like, I get it now. Yeah. Like as if you had a giant, like, I'm going to go back in time now. Like as if you printed out uh, a conversation from AIM. Yeah, Have right? you ever done that? <laughs> I used to do that. I've saved conversations just for like evidence. May and my other co-writer friend um, from years ago, we actually initially met like when I was in high school. We, we've, our friendship's mostly been online that we met in person a couple of times. And he and I um, used to use AIM to write, which was a pain, but this was way before Google Docs existed. <laughs> and uh, I remember that kind of fondly, even though Google Docs is much more convenient. Yeah, Google Docs has really changed. Like, I was so hellbent on Word for the longest time. Like, because Word has been around since forever. And. FMT, if I use OpenOffice. Yeah. Now I'm a Docs. Like, I'm just a Docs bitch. Yeah, and I, that's that's who I am. I there are a few things I miss about Word that I like. I wish that like if Word and Docs had a baby, that'd be like my my preferred way to write a document. That's because cool. Word because like Docs is like here use Grammarly, and I'm like no Word has that built in, like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Word should have it all built in because Word is expensive. Yeah, I it use is. Um, Pro Writing Aid, and I find it freaking amazing. I do like one chapter at a time because otherwise it's just too overwhelming. Oh but my god, can, it is so overwhelming. Yeah, you can like add it to your to the docs also, like you could with Grammarly, but like it gets annoying. I I rather paste in one chapter at a time. Let's look at it small bits and try to look at the whole thing and I have like, you know, 10,000 errors. Um, <laughs> I know. That's so, so it's bad enough when I put in one chapter and there's like 300 errors. I'm like, oh, great. 300 is enough for me to say like, nope, nope. <laughs> I, uh, like I've if improved it's... though. It's helped me a lot with passive voice. 
yeah i'm still like what's the what's the thing like the dog ate bit the boy or something um it's like the um dog bit the boy as versus the dog the boy was bitten by a dog um okay so if you can replace dog with zombie is that it yeah it was like a thing if you can tack on at the end it was done by zombies then you know like it's passive voice like if you said the boy got bit and you can add by zombies it's passive gotcha that was a good trick from adrian there i like that idea yeah yeah that was good i was trying to look through my own documents and like my own books and just be like did i use this anywhere but then i stopped because i was like i can't i can't right now (laughs) this is too much i'll let my editor do that so i am going to I'm sorry to kind of throw off the flow here, but I need to trap my mic for one second for work because this machine makes a stupidly loud noise. Okay. One sec. I will sit here and I'm going to fix up my non-sponsored Coca-Cola. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Zero sugar. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's one. <sighs> I got a new um, book. Well, it's not mine, I'm borrowing it. But it's a book. Um, it's, I don't even know how old this is. I have to look at the copyright on this. Because it looks pretty old. It's a third edition of The Complete Guide to Self-Publishing. Oh, nice. Um, it looks... Okay, it doesn't look super old. Let's see. Uh, oh, 1994. Oh, nope. Let me see. This edition is an expansion and revision of a work previously published as the Encyclopedia of Self-Publish... Self-Publishing copyright 79 so it's been going for a while I don't know how many uh, how many um, what do you call her how many editions there are I haven't really looked at it yet um, I haven't even looked at the chapters I was just like ooh this applies to me grabby grab I'm very so, thankful for like our writing group because we have some people in there who are self-published so we get to bother them about these questions and be like hey how did you do this <laughs> chapter one the pleasures and pitfalls of self-publishing that is a good place to start there you go there's because... um, a lot to be said for the hybrid but you gotta be careful because you gotta watch your vanity presses yeah you know what I wanted to ask you? What is it like having, like, a co-writer? Like, what does that process look like to have someone writing the book with you? Well, it kind of depends. Like, I know my experience with my friend Dan is very different than my experience with my friend Verona. Um, because I, I didn't know it at the time, but, like, 
kind of went about things in completely different ways. When I write with Dan, it's kind of like he's usually the mastermind of the story and the universe, and I'm just kind of a character in it. And it's fun, um, but it's not the same thing as doing really as doing it together fully. And um, for Brenna and I, for whatever reason, we got really lucky, and we both really really vibe well together. So we'll think of an idea, I think of a couple characters, or we'll pick something in one of our universes and talk about it, and we just kind of start writing and go from there. We usually have uh, two main characters, depending on the book. Some books have more if they're a bigger fantasy novel. Um, but like we take turns, we're, we're our own characters, and we take turns with writing. So usually like when it's our character's perspective, we do most of that like narration bit and then when it's um her character's perspective she does most of the narration and a lot of things are back and forth and we just are very fortunate in that we really flow well together and we can stop and like discuss world building like we did that tonight we had this whole big discussion about how we want the vampires in this one universe to work and um like we just kind of do that right on the google docs and have a bunch of notes and I'll like comment on or save the ones that are important and delete the rest. And we just kind of work through and write together back and forth. It's a lot of fun. I really, really have enjoyed it tremendously. And we've written a ton of stuff. In our first like two months writing together, we got out a novel that's 160,000 words. Uh, probably needs to be split into two, but like that was us just flowing with something in my universe that had a char couple characters pulled in from hers. It was a really cool crossover story, and it uh, really turned out well. That's awesome. I need to find someone like that. I need to find someone who can fix this one... I'm going to pull it up on my computer right now because it's bothering me. It's something that I was so excited about. It was my first... It was supposed to be my first fantasy. It's no longer because I have the Benavir Sapphire. But... Um, oops, I can't do it on this dock. Um, can I do it on this one? No. Can I do it on this one? No. I need all these docs. It's like me. I need all my tabs open. New tab. Google Docs. <laughs> um. Yeah, I usually have multiple tabs open too. Yeah, I, I just can't. Oh, sorry. No pad. I was just gonna say another advantage to having a co-writer is we kind of do mild edits as we go because we'll catch each other if you mistake you know misspell a word or our grammar is weird if the sentence doesn't read right or whatever those kind of things we tend to catch so even a first draft typically is a little more solid um together than it is by ourselves yeah like i I don't know how it would work for me to write with another person. Like I want to, I want it to work. I just want someone to fix my shit. <laughs> just be like, Hey, this is my idea. Do you have a thing to add to it or whatever? There you go. And you can approach writing with a co-writer that way too, where it's like you guys take turns having ideas and working on things. And, um, that could totally go for it like a lot of times Brenna and I kind of jive and we're like hey what if we did this and then like she'll be like and what if we added this and they'll be like 
okay, cool. And we just run with it and it works out well. But like, it could be something where it's like you're taking turns. All right, this time we're going to work on this book and it's about this. And I would like you to be this character. And you can do it that way. Just really, I think the main thing is getting somebody who vibes with you. Yeah, I get that. I just don't know if I vibe with people. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're doing just great because this interview has been very interesting so far and it's been very fun talking to you. Oh, thank you. I also enjoy it so far. I don't think I'm going to unenjoy it anytime. (laughs) No, I'm just weird. Okay. Um, What else would I want to ask? Huh. Is there anything you want to talk about? Well, I know what you meant about like wanting someone to like, here, take a look at this and fix it. Because that's where I kind of got stuck with um, Stone and Zai for a long time. Because I was like, okay, I know what I want in this book. This is what happens. These are the characters. This is a love interest. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, somebody fix this and write the middle for me because I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I think my problem... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, my main thing is what I ended up having to do was step away from it. Like, I ended up getting completely burnt out on that entire universe. And I'm like, you know what? I need to just do something else. Because I love writing. I'm obsessed with writing. I write pretty much every day. And, you know, it's like, I can't not write. But I, you can't push yourself when you're not, your brain's not there. Sometimes you have to just let things stew. And sometimes they end up stewing for a couple of years. Or Stone of Zai has been working on for, like I said, embarrassingly long time, like more than a decade. So that just happens sometimes too. Yeah. I think for me, I think it was just, I wanted to tackle something that, see, I'm like a writer of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's what I'm turning out to be, it seems. Because I've got, like, Code Violet, which is, like, tight, like, an action. Um, I don't even know. I'm so bad at genre, like, putting a genre on my work. I had to get um, help genreing my stuff. Yeah, it's it's bad. I, I, I need to ask my editor every time. I'm like, what genre is this? <laughs> She's like, you wrote it. <laughs> um, but um, I think that Code Violet is more of a, it's like an action, drama, thriller, but it's like comedic. Um, it's not really a thriller. Maybe it's more like just a drama, action, mystery, comedy. <laughs> My point. Um, and then decoding violent is definitely a drama. Um, it's a little bit of dark humor, but definitely a drama. I think that's the easiest one for me to have, uh, given a genre to. And then the band of your sapphire is action fantasy or fantasy sci-fi action. Okay. That's cool. I, Faction. Sci <laughs> faction. There we go. Um, now, I'm still really excited for you to read it. I'm excited for everybody to read it. Nice. Um, 
this is the one I'm just like shoving everybody's face in everybody's face right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then my new work in progress is um has a working you read me title. The first chapter from right? Yes. Oh no, that chapter one. Three. Yeah, no. Chapter three I read from Benedict Sapphire. Oh, right, right, right. I got myself up. Oh, you don't... No one has this whip yet. Right? Hold on. Let me see who has this whip. Who the hell is this? Oh, duh. Beth has it. Beth um, agreed to be my alpha reader on this one and then my editor has it so but my editor hasn't looked at it even though I really wanted her to look at it because she writes romance so um yeah okay but she's busy and you had asked what else I want to talk about like I'm not sure how you want to structure this I don't know if you have like a list of questions but I'm no, having just just popping out general about my like career as a writer as it were yeah go for it alright well I started um, writing seriously like I'd say about three and a half years ago now Um, so it hasn't been all that long like I've been writing on and off since like high school which is a million years ago Um, but I've only really kind of gotten down and been like writing steadily for a couple years and um I am, like I think I mentioned, totally obsessed with it. <laughs> and I do have, like, a lot of stuff. I have a, I added up all my word counts some time ago because I was curious. And this was before this year, so it's, like, doubled since then because Brenna and I have written a lot of words. Um, but I had over, like, 500,000 on my own, which was kind of cool. Nice. And, yeah. um... So I, I guess I'm fairly prolific, but my issue is, is just buckling down and getting things finished. Um, so I definitely have a lot of stories in my head and a lot of characters. And I don't know, I find the process really interesting. Right? I think writers are all some level of crazy because we have all those characters that we talk to and like, you know, decide whether or not they're going to cooperate for us to write a story. Um, like I had two characters who decided it'd be a great idea if the two of them were together instead of their other love interests. I'm like, really? You tell me this now? And, uh... <laughs> yeah. Only other, like, writers understand that craziness, I think. Um, because it's like you have all these little characters running around your head, and you're just like, oh, no, no, yeah. I really love making maps, and I do a lot of character artwork on uh, Art Breeder. And, uh... You know, like, I just, I really fully into it. I have, like, all these little folders for my stuff. I need to do my backups. And I really wish Google Docs had the folder system besides Google Drive. And, uh, like, it's just, I don't know. I, um, I'm very fortunate in that my overnight job as a nurse in home health is very quiet and laid back. So, like, I have to do some stuff, of course, for my clients and here to work but I also have a good bit of downtime and I try to keep that filled and it's usually filled with writing and um, that lets me get done a lot which is just really nice that I have that and um, 
you know, a lot of people are like, well, how do you write so much? Because like, I have the time. Because like a lot of people I know are like in college and stuff and they're too busy. And I'm like, don't feel bad. You're busy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. College is a lot to juggle. I know some people who are in like grad school and stuff and like the demands on you and the amount of work they expect you to do is insane. Yeah, that was me over the summer. I don't know if you remember. I <laughs> had a little, uh, pro- I had problems with juggling school. And I am this idiot who signed up for, I shouldn't call myself an idiot, but no, I signed up for the, uh, the very, the, the five week semester of school, like at the very tail end of summer. It was the last. A bit of the summer semester you could sign up for and it was the five weeks and I was like I can do this I'm a superstar I'm also working I'm also writing a book and another book and another book and another book and I can just do it all and I'm not gonna get burnout and I got burnout really yeah. bad yeah it can be very hard to juggle definitely for sure like I am I'm so glad that I'm done with the whole school thing I don't think I could do more schooling it's just it's so much on your plate I just sometimes I don't know how I survived it to start with yeah I could do it if it was like because I was going to school part-time um I was only taking two classes But it was just so much work. It was just like there was tests every week. There was quizzes every week. Like you had a test and a quiz. You had all this homework. You had like homework every single day. You had to get done. And the homework, you had to do it because it was extra credit. So, and I needed that extra credit. And it was statistics. And I was just like, oh my God. I ended up getting a withdrawal, administrative withdrawal from that class. And um, because of my not being able to juggle, um, uh, I got a medical leave. Um, yeah, yeah. There's something wrong with that because it's like, you got to find that balance. It's so easy to burn out and just be overwhelmed and put unreasonable expectations on yourself. I think writers fall into that trap more than others. I've done it to myself a lot. Um like not more than everybody obviously there's other places you do that but I just know writers especially we like I don't know we put these ridiculous expectations on ourselves sometimes like hey I can get out a book a month and then I can have it edited within a month more and then I can have um my second round of edits and this should be all ready for beta readers in three months and um you know unless you are able to do it full time and even if you are able to do it full time, that's not really particularly reasonable. Um, you know, it's it's like if it's your job and you're blessed enough to be able to write for a living because you're self-published or you're traditionally published and you're making indecent money and can live off of it, um, well, great. And then you might be expected, hey, every so often you better be releasing a book because you need to keep going. But before you're at that stage, there is no reason to put those kind of deadlines on yourself. There's no reason to expect yourself to be like, hey, this needs to be perfect by the end of the year or you're a complete failure. There's no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, like, that's something that I worry about and I'm not, I'm definitely not there. 
you know, I don't have to be there right now. And like, I'm nowhere near there. <laughs> well, yeah, um, it's just kind of like with my, with the speaker rises with the rewrite, I've been like sitting on the beta feedback for forever. Some of it, I haven't even looked through all of it yet. And I'm just like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And I finally, instead of stressing myself out, I finally took a step back and I was like, I don't have to do this. I can work on something else. If I want to get published, I do need to finish a book, but it doesn't have to be this one. This book is finished. It can sit for a while. I can do it next year. Whatever. And yeah. I think I'm happier working on the Sony's eye. Even if, if that's my um, debut novel, it'll be out of chronological order, but they're all standalones. Um, mm -hmm. Well, not all of them in that universe, but most are standalones. So it's like it doesn't really matter if they're chronological or not um so i can do the speaker rises later like there's no reason you know that i have to do this one first um and i finally like kind of realized that and now i can kind of relax a little bit and like even tonight i just finally i know i posted it in the uh discord earlier i was like you know what i'm going to switch <laughs> i'm going to work on inside because I'm more interested in those characters right now yeah I feel that like I have to be I I will switch what what uh whip I'm working on depending on my mood or like if I'm feeling more like related to the characters um and I I, I wonder I want to know like what your what your thoughts and feelings are about like do you when you're writing do you hear like you know how writers will be like I I can sense my character like I think if I'm going back to JK Rowling um and how she was like I was sitting I remember uh, reading an article where she said that she was sitting on the train and she saw quote unquote this young boy walking down the aisle on the tram and she was basically like that's harry potter and boom she started writing on napkins and there she was a famous author and that's i guess it's funny because um I don't know like I don't that doesn't happen for me like for me it's like it's not necessarily like it's not like I don't like listen to how my characters want to be like written it's that I don't personify them before they're on the page if that makes sense yeah, I think I know what you mean. I know, like, I've never particularly, like, seen my um, characters, like, in real life, like, outside of, like, character artwork. <laughs> um, like, I do have an image in my head of what they look like, and sometimes I have a great deal of trouble translating that even to something like Art Breeder. Uh, but usually I can get at least an idea, like, okay, this is mostly what I was looking for, and yeah. um, can get it on the page as it were. But as far as, like, it goes, I know most of my inspiration is usually like the idea itself of the story and how much I'm enjoying the characters. But a lot of it too, for me, is like 
the character is there in the back of my head somewhere kind of like well this should happen and this is how I would react. I get I very much get in the mindset of the character I'm writing at the time and if I can't get in their head as it were then I have a hell of a time writing anything at all um so I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing but I'm very very like connected to my characters in some primal level like it's it's kind of hard to explain it sounds super crazy but um it's no, like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like I can feel them because it was like, it was very funny because I wasn't happy with the stone design. I couldn't figure out why. I had written and rewritten it a couple of times. It's a very long novel. I split it into two. I fixed up that. I put it back and I was like, okay, I'm still not happy with this. What the heck is the problem? And then I was thinking about the characters and what the characters wanted and what I kept thinking in the back of my head when I was writing these two characters. And they all of a sudden were all like, well, listen, because you haven't been listening, we've been trying to tell you that the two of us want to be together and we don't want to be with these other of interest. And I was like, fine, fine. You guys win. I will fix it. And uh, (laughs) I like um, went in and actually ended up basically more or less deleting several characters, which streamlined the book. And uh, changed the two main characters into love interests for one another that they wanted. And um, it vibes so much better. And, like, it just reads better. And I absolutely adore these characters. And it's like, wow, why didn't I do this way sooner? Yeah. I I have, like, this, um, I guess, yeah, I guess it is, like, a sense for the characters um so like for Violet Violet is just I don't know where she came from but she's she's a badass she is the baddest badass like bitch who like you just love like and she's a narcissist and like she will like throw everybody else under the bus to you know save her own ass and she doesn't care and you can't hate her for it either it's just she's written in such a way that it's just like oh violet (laughs) there's violet again being a little bitch and it's not it's not it's like how you would look at a two-year-old when they if they say fuck and you're just like oh what you just say you know what I mean like that's Violet and then you have a character like um Alistair from uh, Benavir Sapphire and he is just like innocent and pure and just like you know a very like lackadaisical kind of dude and but all of a sudden he's just like I'm awesome and I have powers but I'm very humble about it <laughs> like <laughs> he's he's like he's like Harry Potter like the character um just yeah I guess oh, yeah, if I had to compare a bit of Jackson. you know what you're like the seventh person who's told me that and I'm making myself a little nervous about 
putting this out now. Well, the story setup is very similar, but that's like whatever, because it's like you're, you know, I say there's nothing new under the sun. All you can do is your own spin on it, it's your own take, even if it's like kind of similar thing, but not really. It's like you've totally made it your own. From even, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but just from what I've seen, from like skimming over it, from what you've said about it, um, I'm like, yeah, it reminds me of that, but it's not that. You know, that would be like, yeah. it, you know, if you could use it, it's too popular to use it as a comparison title, but it would make a good comp title for your stuff because it's comparable. And I don't think that's a bad thing because the uh, Percy Jackson novels have been wildly popular and they're doing the movies and everything. So, I mean, it's like... Yeah, you know. I still have to watch them, watch the movies and read the books. I still have not had anything to do with Percy Jackson. You know, I didn't even look up who, per- like, I've heard the name before, and I'm just like, hmm. But then, like, when someone mentioned it to me in Discord, they were like, oh, this is like Percy Jackson. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, no, it's, I don't know who that is. Yeah, that's no, funny. It's so it's just, it's just a coincidence. And like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you know, you do have to be careful that you're not copying straight up. Like, there wasn't anything in there. I was like, oh, this is exactly the same. There were just some similarities. It just reminded me of it. I read the first book. Yeah. Like, for me, it reminded me of Harry Potter. And it was funny because I, like, not, it didn't remind me of Harry Potter as in they went to Hogwarts and had, they, like, were witches and witch, witches and whatever, warlocks. Wizards. Wizards. Um, warlocks. Um, <laughs> Witches and wizards. Warlocks are a bit different. I know. I'm very tired. Um, but it was like, even while I was writing it, I was just like, Ugh, why are you writing this? But it, I, that, that was just how it went. I just, because that's how I write. I just, when I'm writing, especially when I'm writing dialogue, Oh my gosh. When when you see me pop up those sprints when I'm writing like 800 plus words in a sprint and it's and I and I'll tell you it's because I wrote dialogue. Yeah. Um because my, my dialogue between characters, I swear to god that just comes out of my fingertips. I don't even know where my brain is. Like yeah, I don't I think about it. My longest or my fastest sprint it was a 20 minute sprint. I did like 1,063 words nice. uh, <laughs> in 20 minutes. And that usually is either me doing dialogue or me doing a sex scene because either one just kind of goes right through and I just it just comes right out. And then I have to do a ton of editing because it's usually a mess if I write that fast. But um, it'll all just be there on the page. I was like, ooh, okay, there we go. See, me doing a sex scene is like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know how to write one really well at all. I'm yeah. actually, I literally asked Jen and Roz for help on, um, a scene that I had to do that was like, <laughs> Jen's comments on it were hilarious. Nice. Um, I can send you a template in, if you want. It was, oh uh, yeah, I might need one seriously because she's like I'm confused are they having sex because I think they're just in a chair 
<laughs> like, is there enough room in this chair? Like, you didn't even describe the chair. Like, what's going on? <laughs> she's like, she, she's like, all she did was push him into a chair and they're having sex now. Like, it was great. Um, good times editing. That's when I was just like, I can't write anything. No, I've gotten very comfortable with sex scenes. I've written a crap ton of erotica. Uh, pretty much everything Dan and I wrote together is all erotica. It's all weird niche erotica. And uh, the romance novels and stuff, like almost everything I have has erotic sex scenes in it. So I'm very used to doing it. My problem was more with action scenes. And Verena has helped me with that tremendously because she's very, very good with action scenes. And um, I've gotten better with that because writing um, like a fight scene especially was always like so nerve-wracking and difficult and I always ended up just summarizing and it kind of sucked that they all of this were awful and I was like I don't know how to do this but I have a good template for that now too yeah I'm not I'm not the best at fighting scenes and action scenes but like I wouldn't say I'm horrible at it um when I approached, like, the war in Benavir, I was scared. <laughs> I, was, I was more scared than Alistair was. Um, but I, I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what the fuck to write. I'm just sitting here like, um, then he did this, then he did that. Then this happened, and then this happened, and it was like that. Um, but I had to go back and fix it, and I was just like, ugh. But then I, like, you know, got my shit together, and I got it into a flow, and it was way easier to write once I stopped. Like, I think I just put my head into it too much. Instead of writing how I usually write, I... I just put way too much thought into it because I sat there and I was just like oh no here comes action and fighting what am I gonna do and yeah. I freaked myself out yeah I totally like overthink it and then it's just very underwhelming but I've gotten much better at it now so I will I think I can say now that I'm pretty good at fighting maybe not as good as I am at the erotica stuff but I've gotten much better yeah I think that, um, well, I don't want to give too much away, but like, especially because you haven't read the whole thing, and also I'm recording a podcast, and I'm planning on publishing this book, so I don't want to say what happens, but uh, in the fight scene, in the war, there is a war, um, but that's known from the beginning, but um uh, I get caught up a little bit and I have to go back and fix that too. That's one of the major things I have to fix. Um, I get caught up in like just the way that Alistair reacts to something that happens, I'll say. And it's a little gushy and I don't like it. So... But I think I just, I kept going back to that because I didn't know what to write. 
like yeah, that makes sense though. I know what you mean. Then yeah. you have to kind of skip something and go back to it. You're like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. I will go fix this later. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how much time this is gonna give me because it's a free version. And uh, okay, we're good. Okay, because we've been recording for an hour. Okay. Believe it or not. Yeah, I know. Um, it felt like a few minutes because we've just been talking. I know, but I don't know anybody. I don't know. I guess people listen to people talk for an hour. I don't know. Do they? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> especially if you edit out any pauses and stuff. I, I have no idea. Like, I, I keep thinking, like, oh, it'd be cool to do like, a YouTube channel or a podcast. I haven't the faintest clue how to use or edit or do any of that stuff at all. Oh, I took a very long time to figure out how to edit the clips in the previous um, recording I just did tonight. Like, I was trying to move the wrong voice channel to edit it, like the clip. Because it gives you two clips. It gives you an out... It gives you a close-up view and it gives you a zoomed-out view of the entire clip. And you also need to oh excuse me jesus i wish you said that um you have to split it in two spaces and that was taking me like the longest to figure out but it's like common sense now that i think about it yeah that you have to split because i was just splitting one section i was like nope don't like it split it right there and then I'm like, well, I need to split it in another spot to have something to delete. But that's why it took me so long to get on here. Yeah, I understand. Um, I kind of like, I don't know. I think if people are into the podcast, like I like to listen to different. Uh, there's one podcast in particular I like to listen to a lot. And um, I have a long drive to work. So that's when I usually listen to it. And they don't come out too often. So usually when it comes up I'll be like oh cool I have a new episode and um I like because I'm like a Dragon Age nutcase I'm a huge Dragon Age fan and um this podcast is about Dragon Age and it's by these two people who just kind of talk about like Dragon Age news and uh Dragon Age characters and rating characters and plot stuff and it's all very interesting to me and uh, I like the way they do the podcast because they'll just kind of launch it while they're like in the middle of a conversation and be like hey we're here doing the podcast now and this is what we're talking about today and they like ramble a lot and those their podcasts are usually at least 45 minutes sometimes they're an hour and a half and I've always enjoyed listening to those so I think people will (laughs) yeah I think if I had to do another podcast like on a totally different subject it would be Pokemon like, mm. I could talk about Pokemon forever. Nice. Like, but not all the new Pokemon. Screw them. <laughs> like, I, know I can have guests. Yeah, I can have guests talk about the new Pokemon, but I'm not going to talk about them. Anybody after Gen 3 can go, like, somewhere else. Bye. Go fly a kite. Because Gen <laughs> 3 was the best gen. Fight me. I don't care. Anyone listening to this can go fly a kite if you disagree. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Did you have other <laughs> um, questions for me? Um, 
my question to you now is do you have any questions for me well i don't know how long you want this podcast to be but i guess uh when did you start like seriously writing like where it was something you did regularly oh gosh um middle school i would say around age 12 um except i would write short stories a lot and i actually <laughs> i want to tell you a funny story about my first book oh it's not my first book um <laughs> i was about seven or eight i remember i was in second grade and it was i wrote a story about halloween appropriately <laughs> for around this time of year so um I wrote this story about I remember asking my mom how to spell bike. Like I remember specifically asking my mom, does bike have an e on it? Because I feel like b i k isn't a word. And she was cooking dinner and she was just like, "Go look it up." And I was just like, "How am I supposed to know how to spell it if I don't know or how am I supposed to look it up if I can't spell it?" And but my mom did that all the time. Um, but it was yeah. about this yeah, it was about um me and my brother and we went on a bike ride in the woods and we saw a ghost or something. It, I don't know. And I like drew there was it was a pictured book. Um and the it even had a cover like I I legitimately made a spine and a cover for this book. Uh, and it was out of a cardboard the cardboard insert of the 30 case of beer that i just cuz my parents used to make me put the beer away when i was a child that was one of my chores and um i stole the <laughs> i stole the insert cuz it was going to get thrown out anyway and i was a very creative child So I just stole the insert and that was my book cover. I folded it over, colored on the white part, pasted <laughs> on a piece of paper and that was and made the cover on there and just bent it in half and stapled it and that was it. And I gave it to my second grade teacher who's probably dead now um for the for uh Halloween. And she kept it. Like I remember going back there in 5th grade when my brother was in her class and she was retiring and um she was like look what I still have and I was just like oh my god that's so embarrassing but yeah that's cool though the teacher liked it and everything yeah but um I started I think writing more serious books. Um I would write like short stories all the time when I was young. Um like all the time. And but I think I didn't write anything serious like where I actually planned on finishing it and of course never did. Um until high school. Um but didn't commit. Oh, okay. I still well, have some of them. 
Yeah, I have stuff. Like, I, I wrote some stupid stories and things, like, when I was, you know, probably middle school age. And, like, in high school, I wrote a lot of, like, really dramatic and dark poetry kind of stuff. And, um... Definitely. I started... When did I start? I started the initial universe and the Stone of Zion stuff. I started probably towards the end of high school. And, uh... But like I said, it was really only the last couple of years I actually kind of buckled down and was like, you know what, I'm going to write and I'm going to do it. And I'm um, very fortunate to have a very uh, supportive partner, my wife, and she and I do write some stuff together too. Uh, so it's more like she gives me a ton of ideas and character and stuff and I kind of write it out because um, she knows a bunch of languages, but her primary is Italian and she doesn't feel skilled in writing, especially not in English. Um, She's more skilled than she thinks she is, but she uh, really has a lot of really cool ideas and amazing characters and stuff. So we started working on some projects together. That's been fun too. That's nice. That's like a good like bonding thing too. Unless you fight about the characters, <laughs> then then it's, it takes a turn. No, no. I, I was gonna say I don't think we've ever. There's been a couple things like where we've kind of shut down each other's ideas because we're like, wait, this isn't going to work. Or we'll do like, she'll say something like, she'll be off and like, hey, we should do this. And then like a couple months later, she'll be like, oh, maybe we should do this. And I'm like, you got to pick which one because they don't work together. And uh, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. But we don't, we've never had like a serious disagreement over it. We've just been like, all right, let's work on this. And if this doesn't work, we'll try this instead. And we'll just kind of go with it. And it's been a lot of fun. We've been working on character sheets because the one story we want to do now called The Thirteenth Night, which is a King Arthur retelling. Um, that one is has like a you know pretty big cast of characters, and we're working on character sheets. So like I made all the knights on our reader, and we have these nice illustrated character sheets, and that's been a lot of fun to fill in together. Ooh. Uh, writing. Writing is fun. Oh, yeah. I'm getting sleepy. And I didn't even take my night medicine. <laughs> it's almost two in the morning. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not used to being up this late anymore. I used to. But I'm like a grandma now. I go to bed at like 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, well, I work overnight, so, like, I'm just, I like overnights. I'm totally a night owl. I'm not a morning person at all. And oh, I'm not either. kind of sucks, so there's a, you know, night shift. Yeah, I work, I, I'm probably tired because I worked um, tonight, and I had a full day. I've been up since 6.30, so that's how my weekdays, four of my weekdays work. Uh, uh, it's like, I'm up at 6.30. And then the one weekday I'm not up at 6.30, I'm up at 8.30, so, and I hate it. I hate it so much, because if it were up to me, I would sleep until I felt like it. I don't know what time that is anymore, because I never get to find out. Um, but, you know, is what it is. Tomorrow I get to sleep in, so maybe I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, there you go. But anyway, I think this is a good place to stop. So thank you so much for coming on to my show. 
thank you for having me. Now, how in the world do I, like, can I, like, subscribe or follow you or something? Like, how does that work? I've never <laughs> used this before, this program. Um, so this is probably, uh, so I'm going to put this on my uh, regular podcast channel. Do you have, are you subscribed to me yet? Are you following me yet? No, I've never been on this program on Riverside before, so I'd like to subscribe oh. to you. Right, like the sign up process, and then it'll let me. No, you don't subscribe on here. Um, go on. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you after. Oh, okay, no problem. Thank you for. So having we're gonna me. leave here, yeah. and then um, I'll hit you up on Discord. All right, cool, cool. So thanks for having, or thanks for having me. Wow, I'm tired. Thanks for coming, and all the listeners, however many there are. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Nerds for Words. Bye-bye. Stay nerdy. Bye.